Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number four of the Completed Podcast, where we focus on Magic the Gathering on a competitive level with some friendly banter along the way. Hope you guys have had an awesome week. And today, I have fellow guest B-Money. What up? And C-SPAN. What's up? I think this is your first episode here, right, C-SPAN, a.k.a. Cameron Spanier? It sure is. Nice, nice. Well, welcome. We're really excited to have you. And uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, talk about what archetypes you like and just your magic background. Well, I've been playing for a little while, probably, uh, I don't know, what, seven years or so. Uh, I play mostly combo decks. Like, that's about it. I played Storm for as long as I could in the Phoenix meta. I played Titan before it got banned and is shitty now. Uh, B-Money still plays it, though. He thinks it's really good. (laughs) I'm gonna need you to back up on the it's shitty part. I mean, let's be real. After Summer Bloom got banned, it's not the same. All right, I'm out. I'll see you guys later. It, it ain't fun. the same. It's good, but it ain't the same. So you're also really into CEDH, right? Yeah, I'm a big EDH player. It's super fun. Fuck yeah. I really wish you would play it with me. I I would. I totally would, but I cannot compete. Not right now. I gotta tweak it. I gotta I gotta make a couple changes here and there but hopefully we'll be able to play more often so speaking of which i want to jump into the rc in san diego i think it has a very high possibility of it being a disaster if they keep it the way that it's going right now i don't know if you guys have heard but as of now it is 10 rounds on Saturday, and then four rounds, I believe, on Sunday. And I've been reading a lot about how people are feeling about it, and it's mostly negative, and a lot of people are thinking it's not going to stay that way. What do you guys think? Uh, I Personally, I am neither here nor there on this subject. I, I don't care either way. Like I, I'll play 10 rounds. I don't care. Um, it doesn't bother me in the, in, in the slightest, I can understand where people are upset because like you do get fatigued, like pretty, pretty bad towards the end of the day. And then like, all you want to do is kind of just like relax after like round seven, eight, like around that mark. And it just gets, your, your mind starts to drift. Um, but at the same time, I think I understand why they're doing it. And what I understand their reasoning is, is that it makes for the correction of what happened last time. Um, what happened last time in Atlanta was the entire congregation of Magic players were basically put into one room. And they could not leave that room. And if they left the room, you could not be allowed back in. So, and DreamHack was basically shutting down at that point. So, like, everything else was shutting down. Um, so, I think that they're trying to curb that Sunday, like, late, late Sunday uh, you know, issue um, where they don't have everybody staying super late, but I don't know. We'll see how it works. I mean, the West Coast is different, so um, we'll see how they run this one. What do you think, Cameron? I think I, I, think I have to agree with B-Money and the fact that I really don't care. I'll play 10 rounds straight. It doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, I do think that overall, though, for the for more more for more so for control players, I think it's kind of a good change because 
the first day, sure, it's a little like it's a little harder towards the end, but really it's only one more round. So it's only one more hour of magic, right? But for day two, if you make top eight, it's one less round you have to play beforehand. So you're a little less fatigued in the rounds that actually matter the most. I think it might be something kind of cool. It might lead to more control players that are willing to sit through day one. Or it might just mean less control players because no one wants to sit through that extra round. I will, I will add, too, that, like, one thing that does concern me a lot is, like, in Atlanta, whenever they started day one and they had the players meeting and then they handed out all name tags and everything like that, the day was supposed to start at 9 a.m. The actual tournament didn't start until, like, 11.15, which is, like, a really big issue because not only are you not starting until 11.15, you're also, like, if you're doing not, now 10 rounds, that means you're – your last round's going to end at, like, 9 p.m. or, like, 10 p.m. Like, that's outrageous. Like, for the people that want to get a – like, that make day two, that want to get a good night's sleep, like, that doesn't really put them in a position to do that. If they have to be up at the same exact time the next day and then also possibly flying out, like, that Sunday night, like, or whatever they're doing. Like, obviously, we're different because we're staying on Monday, but it's like – we're staying on Sunday night, but a lot of people don't have that luxury, so it's like – it does kind of put them in a position where they're like, well, if I do make day two, I have to play it out and I'm going to push myself to the point where I'm like getting a little sketchy on like getting back to the airport on time or whatever they have to do. So I, that's my main concern. My main concern is that they start later than they anticipate like they did last time. And it puts them in a position where your, your day one is going into well into the night. Um, I think for dream hack purposes though, I think it's fine. Because they have, they're open all night, DreamHack is, uh, for the Bring Grow PC players. So that's kind of a cool thing. Like, you don't really have to worry about the, the hall closing and, like, worry about that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just we'll have to see, honestly. Oh, definitely. And I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned just on the sole fact that they kind of, like you said, they just threw the Magic players into, like, a corner of the building. And I kind of wish the event was more organized strictly for Magic, similar to like a, you know, a, a GP. It was just straight Magic. You know, people had room, wasn't as yeah. stressful, and it was, they, they had more staff, so stuff just kind of moved more naturally yeah, one, and faster. One thing you have to understand is that DreamHack existed before Magic was attached to it. So like, yeah. no, that's these DreamHack events happened, and so their main focus was never Magic. One thing that happened in Atlanta is that they didn't expect that the the biggest conglomerate of people at that at that entire thing was Magic players. They did not expect that at all, and that was the most amount of people that showed up were Magic players for DreamHack. So, yeah, I, I see where you're going, but like, I mean, I just don't think that they were ready in Atlanta for the amount of people that were going to show up. That's the only thing. I don't know. I I personally think they should move away from DreamHack. I think they should either do something themselves or. But I don't know. I don't think DreamHack is... Yeah, it's fun and all. It's great to go and see all these PCs and all these games and all these famous streamers and stuff, but is it really worth it hindering our tournament our tournament experience, you know? I mean, what, what do you, that would what do you be think the end that? goal is them going back to the old structure, right? Where they have their own tournaments and everything like that, but it's well, just even it's, then, it's kind of rough right now with the way Even then, like, down. back in the day, GPs were ran by Channel Fireball and Star City, so, like, I mean, basically, Channel Fireball had the West Coast, and Star City had the East Coast. So, like, do you go back to a place for Star City and Channel Fireball running everything again? I don't think yeah. they ever do that again. I think I, I agree with Cameron. I think that's a great idea. Like, I'm with him. I, I definitely do think that th 
it should go back to the way that things were. And yeah, sure, but like, I, I just don't think Star City or Channel Fireball ever goes back to that. It just didn't make them enough money. And so, no. like, why would they do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's I mean, no... There's no incentive from from uh, from Wizards to do it. So, like, I mean, Wizards isn't paying for it. DreamHack basically said, hey, we can make enough space to make it work for you guys. It's essentially what happened. So, like, I, I just, I don't think that, I think that for us, I don't think we should, like, focus fully on the fact that the first one ran terribly because they know for a fact that it ran terribly. Like, every person that I talked to, I talked to, like, one of the DreamHack guys while I was there, like one of the guys that was like overseeing the magic area. Cause I saw him talking to Huey, I think. And like, I saw him walk away and then like, I was like, Hey man, I was like, do I, you know, I, th- I was like, I basically played it off and I was like, you look really familiar. Who are you? You know, but I didn't really know. Him. Um, but I talked to him for like a brief second and he was just like, yeah, oh. you know, sorry, you know, like, I'm sorry that this is running like not as we planned. He's like, we definitely don't have enough staff. And so like, they knew that they didn't do it right. So, I'm hoping that they fix it this time. So I have an idea. What if all of us as part of the team just took out a small loan and <laughs> How much? we recreated the magic events? We just bought you know these hard giant casinos and hope to make enough money. I'd do it. Sure. Uh, it'd be don't. hard, man. It'd be hard. It would be we'd hard. Start a GoFundMe and make magic great Obviously, again. yeah, make magic great again. Wait, that, yeah, that's no, actually I mean, a good idea. Yeah, but like, how, how many people would actually care? Probably not enough. Dude, if a million people give us a dollar, <laughs> you know, the what I'm TikTok saying? strategy, dude. Yeah, the TikTok, the TikTok strategy. Strat. If a million people give us a dollar, we can run one Star City event. Yeah, basically, you could, you could probably run more. Honestly, should. Okay, so here, let's break it down, right? Venue, right? If you get, let's just let's just take Atlanta for instance, because we've all been to Atlanta multiple times, right? The original, con- the World Congress Center that we used to go to for all the GPs, to rent out one of those auditoriums was probably twenty grand for the weekend. Okay. So, like, you're talking twenty grand right there. Then you have to pay all of the the employees. You probably have about thirty to forty employees running just the tournament in general. Well, like if we're talking, if we're talking like like DreamHack level, like that's straight up minimum wage. Well, Judges get paid about- shit now. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just Star City, what Star City used to do. Like, that's what Cameron was suggesting. Okay, so, okay. So 30, 40 so, employees. So let's say you have, 30, 40, you have 30, 40 Star City employees. You're paying them probably roughly, I'd say, 12 to $15 an hour. I was going to say 15 right? Okay. We're on the same so, page. So let's, let's just say that. So then you have, let's just, if you do 30 people at $15 an hour for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day, you're talking about another $1,500 a day. So that's another three grand for both days, right? Let's just say conservatively, because it's definitely not going to be. 23? It's probably going to be more. Okay. So you're at, Let, 20, you're at 25, 25K. Sorry, you're at, you're at $25,000, right? Let's round up, yeah. Okay. Now you do get a small stipend from the vendors that pay to be there. So you have probably a vendors that pay probably anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000 to get a booth there, right? So you might have, a, let's just cut five grand off that, right? So Boom, you gotta, back, back at 20. 20. Back at 20. Then you got to pay all your judges. Okay, so subtract that by four, probably three grand. We're back at for all the judges. No, you subtract it by three grand, so you're at seventeen. Okay, but we're paying the judges, so Correct. we're losing money. Correct. So you're at That's seventeen, not twenty-three. Oh no, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. We're at twenty. So back at twenty. This, we're talking about cost. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're back at twenty-three thousand, right? After you're at that twenty-three thousand, you also have to to pay the prize support out, right? So you're talking about prize support. 
for the entire tournament usually was $20,000, right? So then you're at $43,000 for the weekend. Okay. okay. Then on top of that, you have to have all of the moving, like the people that move all of the products and everything like into the, into the place, set up all the staging, do all of the like banners, all the prize wall. Then you have to have probably another, I'd say about $8,000 worth of prize wall stuff. So you're realistically at about 50, probably about $52,000 to run a tournament like this, like 52 to 55. But you also have to take into account the, that too. Yes, that's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. Okay. So entry, let's just say on average, like we did last time, like we had uh, at, let's just say a GP, right? About, about seven to 800 people on average. So let's just say 800 people at, what was it? 75 bucks. Yeah, 75 For the bucks. entry? For the main event? For the entry. It's free. For the main event. Okay, if you qualify, no. you get it for free. Oh, I'm not talking about RC. I'm talking, talking about GPs. Star City. Oh, okay. Cool. Golf, golf. Yeah, Star City yeah. GPs. We're back golf. on Star City GPs. Okay, golf. So, cool. Say if you had 800, 800 players at $75 a piece, that's 60K, right? So now you're only ahead by like a couple grand at most. You're but, also excluding all the side events and shit, though. You're also excluding all the side events, and you're also excluding all of the travel it took to get there. So all of your staff, in, they get paid hourly, but you have to pay for their travel. So, and meals. And meals. And hotel. So you're probably adding another 20 grand on top of what you're already at. So at 56 plus 20, you're at 76. Um, so you're at 76 minus 60. You're at $16,000. I'd say there's probably five thousand in miscellaneous crap you got to worry about. So you're maybe you're maybe making ten thousand dollars, and that's guaranteeing you're getting eight hundred players. Like that's that's hard. That's hard. That's a lot of working parts too. It is, yeah, I guess. But still, it's ten grand in a weekend though. Yeah, but for a company that large, it doesn't make sense to them. Like, why would they do that? And like, I mean, you also have to keep in mind they also have their own booth for cards and stuff. Correct. And they're also spending a ton of money that weekend. Like they're exactly. constantly buying cards and all that other stuff. So it's like, now they do make that back later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You flip that pretty quick. Yeah. But I'm saying like, I mean, realistically, the margin's really not there because you probably want to make anywhere from about thirty to $50,000 that weekend. Like for an event that size, that's what would make sense. So I think that them incorporating DreamHack into this whole deal is that DreamHack already does these things at certain locations and you, they can just, provide more space for all of us magic players to be there and i think that that they just need to learn how we work as a community and how we want it ran and once they answer our prayers then i think it'll be fine but that's just my part my opinion that's fair that's fair sorry to go off on a tangent there but i, was I, I, I don't know i still think <laughs> i'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i think scg made a shit ton of money not a shit ton but i think they i think they did pretty well same thing with Channel Fireball. I, I think they did pretty well. And I think COVID just really threw a wrench into, like, everything. And that's a, that, that's I think that's literally it. Yeah, I don't sure. think it was a money issue. I don't think SCG really drowned or was at a negative. <laughs> I mean, I, think. I think towards the end, they, like, after COVID, they realized that it was not as lucrative to do it anymore. Like. That's fair. I think Wizards realize that more than 
SCG. They were like, oh, well, Arena made us so much money. Let's make all these online events. And I'm, you know, I have to be grateful. We're moving back to paper. It's going to be a slow process. It's, you know, we basically got to rebuild everything back up. So we're we coming right back now, in paper. I'm super excited, honestly. I hate too. the standard I, format, but. Like, I, I agree with the camera. I think, I think standard being back is really good. And I think that it's definitely going to revive magic a lot more. So I'm excited about that. So, uh, you know, do we think organized play should change as it is right now? Like, I know we just went off on that tangent, but at the end of the day, do you think organized play should change? Um, I don't really personally think it should. I think that the trajectory they're going on is great, but I mean, at the same time, I understand everyone's concerns because I always look at everything from both sides. So, um, I think it's fine. I, I don't think, I, oh, I think we talked about this on a previous episode briefly, but I don't think forcing a certain store to do a certain thing is a good thing, but it is also a good thing for the overall conglomerate of magic players. Like maybe in the small areas, like, you know, like where there's not a lot of gaming stores around, you know, you know, your market really well. You can market to those people that always come. It's, it's a bad thing for you to have to force them to do something, but same time over the whole grand scheme of things, it's probably better. So that's my, that's my opinion on the overnight play. As a player, I think that the organized play is currently great. I think it's awesome. I'm a big fan. Uh, <clears throat> I like playing the format of the main event because I like to get as much practice in as I can. I can sit down and play games of the format I enjoy with my friends whenever I want. But if I'm just trying to win, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to do what I can to do to get, to get there. So just playing the format as much as I can is a great way to do it. But as a store, it definitely, I'm not a big fan. Uh, store definitely wanted to change. I want to be able to run the format that everyone wants to play because not all the other players view it like we do, right? We, they're, they want to play the format they enjoy all the time. So they, like, it's kind of hard to get, I think it's going to be kind of hard to get a, many, a lot of people to build standard decks or come play sealed RCQs all the time in, in our area because we just don't, no one around here really does that. Yeah, so like as a store owner, does that like, do you like think, so you think it's just like a negative thing? Like you just think it's yeah. like, yeah, okay. Because it, it splits, it kind of splits your player base in half because you have the players that will play it all the time. Doesn't, doesn't matter the format, right? Like that would probably be us, right? We just go to yeah. whatever events close. Yep. Yeah. But then you have people uh, that just want, like they just enjoy Pioneer, so they only play Pioneer. Like I have a couple people that come to NARBs that just don't, like, they have cards for other formats, but they don't want to play them. They only you, they want to play Pine. You pronounce it wrong. It's called MacNarb Gaming in Gautier, Mississippi. That's that's how you do it. <laughs> you got to plug yourself where you're here. Hit, hit them up for all your single needs. No, but, yeah, I, I can definitely see that as, from a business standpoint, how that can be, like, detrimental. But, again, I, I think the players that really want to play, they'll still show up. Realistically, standard's not that hard to get into, unless you're Wanting to shell out money on a Troxa, like just going to be a lot of mono blue. True, I, th I think that, that that also is a bad thing, right? The price of standard now, as comparatively as it was, let's just say 15 years ago, is night and day different. Oh, like mm, I don't know, dog. Do you remember? No, no, no. 
I'm talking about back in the days when you were building Mono Green Devotion, Green White Devotion. Jeskai Black was like the turning point for Standard. Where, that's, yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. That's, like, all, that's the fetch where it got format, Yeah, like the fetch land format and like Jace Prince Prodigy being 80 bucks a but, pop. Like, yeah, but like that was because. The Seasless Hunger being $100. That's yeah, true too. Yes. But what I'm saying is like, I'm, I'm talking about like the like the Theros era, right? When everyone played Standard. Like there was no. There was no buddy that didn't that played another format really, like other than Legacy, I guess. But like, Modern didn't really exist. Nobody really played it. Um, but like, everyone enjoyed playing Standard and it can constantly switch Standard decks because it was only like maybe one hundred twenty to like three hundred dollars total, and most of your decks had all of your other cards slotted into it. So it's like you're not wasting a bunch of time, like having to go switch out your deck entirely. Like now. Like, other than the lands, like, all the decks are different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's it's just way different. So you, I, what I was originally getting to is I think you just have a lot of people, like Cameron said, building mono blue and, like, building mono red and, like, all these decks just to play in this one or two tournaments. And, like, you know, so you have a, a, yeah, a room that, well, yeah, I mean, just some cheap deck, right? Soldiers is almost $200, dog. It's not that bad. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is like some everyone's just gonna build a cheap deck and it's just gonna be like it's for the people that truly, truly care, like us, that like really want to excel and do well, going into a room filled with a meta of just like let's just say there's twenty people there and fifteen of them are on mono blue and mono red, it's like do you really get good constructive practice? Like you may win the tournament, yeah, but like is you know, is it really worth it to, for you to like like moving forward to like sit there and play against a room full of that like i don't i don't personally think it is i mean i think uh, it's I mean, okay i mean you're gonna be the master of that matchup like for sure that's true. I, I think it is good in a vacuum but like i think that like it just sucks for the format in general that's what i'm saying yeah that's fair so. yeah i agree but I mean, uh, let's be real. Like the most expensive cards are Atroxa and like Shieldred and like these red black mid range pile decks. Wedding announcement, and if these people play Pioneer, then more than likely, more than likely, not a hundred percent, they'll probably already have their Shieldreds, their wedding announcements, their uh, Reckoner Bank Busters, like. Like, I mean, they'll Fable have access to either. those cards. The what? Fable and Mirror ain't cheap either. Fable. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. That's a modern playable. Like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just naming off expensive cards. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, it, it's cards that if you pick up, they're not bad to have. Like, you, they can transition oh, to other I agree. decks. So. I agree. I guess that's the big benefit. It's like, oh, well, I wanted to play Red, Black, and Pioneer anyway, so picking up these Shieldreds actually works out for me. Uh, the Atroxes, though, that's that's a whole different beast. I, I don't know if I could really... Like, if I do end up playing an Atroxa deck, I'm going to be like, I don't want to pick these up. Because, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it's a sweet card. It's easy play in some Pioneer decks, some modern decks, like the Gorio Vengeance decks and shit like that. But, like, nothing that's, like, engraved in the format where it's like, this deck is a deck. You know, it's like... Those Gorio's Vengeance decks. Yeah, oh, that's... Yeah. It's cooking, dude. dude. I saw I've had it sit in a box, ready and waiting. Dog, I have mine somewhere. I gotta dig them out. <laughs> got my through the breaches, dude. 
I know, Sam. I've got all of it. I put it all in a deck box and said, if this deck ever gets resurrected, I'm playing it. So. Hell yeah. I'm telling you, man. That's right next to my Faithless Lootings and Simeon Spirit Guides. Ooh. R.I.P. Foil Insolent Neonates, Foil uh, Merchant of the Veil. Uh, I got Foil Simeon Spirit Guide, the OGs. I got the whole thing foiled out, ready to go. Generator Servants. (laughs) Don't forget about that card. The card sucks. Hey, man. (laughs) It was good in that one Gorio's Vengeance Ilhard deck. Like, that was it. Dude, that deck was fun. That deck went hard. Yeah, I won that one tournament with it. That one time. but And then took it apart. And then took it apart because it got banned the following Monday. Cameron says that card sucks, but this man played Eerie Interlude. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made that. Dude, that deck was sick. That deck was sick. Like, low-key. That, that deck was awesome. And then no, they printed Ephemerate. And then they printed Ephemerate. And whoop. There goes the area in the loot. We don't need it. Yeah. That deck was cool, dude. That deck was cool. I got so many people and there's so many control players. There was like, I'll cast Supreme Verdict. Response, I'll cord for five. Like, All right, Deaton, go get another feature. Just put Karanos into play. <laughs> dude, that'll wake me up. That, yeah. That, no, that's that a jump scare. Your seat. Dude, that's that a jump scare. Your seat. You sit up. <laughs> yeah, you hit the... Wait, hold on, hold on. You get to readjust the your seat. You're like, wait, hold on. Can I read that card again? That's back when we didn't have March or Prismatic ending, dude. That was brutal. Nah, dude. That was horrible. You didn't have anything, You got to cast, like, Clonic Rifts. <laughs> yeah. That was your answer. True, true. God. Yeah, so, that was wild. Crazy uh, days. Oh, yeah, dude. Back in... I, I miss those formats, man. But it's funny, because I, I used to talk like, oh, they, these formats suck. And now looking back at them, you're like, damn, I kind of... I, I miss it. Them. And then, like, two years from now, we're, we're like, man, I really missed that meta in 2023. No, I won't. This man has I don't know if anybody ass. will say that. <laughs> I don't know, man. This man is, man is unironically bad. It's like I'll drop you winner. For what? No, it's not even No, close. don't even compare it. Get out of here. My man does it. Yeah. I mean, I, doesn't know what he's talking are you talking about, about right like the power level or just how like bland the power it is. level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, this format's crazy level, strong, dude. Everything's crept into fucking oblivion now. Are Honestly, we still talking about? Are we still talking about modern or are we talking about standard? Modern, both. Okay, good. I'm talking about everything, dog. All these Honestly, things, yeah, they're so power creep. Like, yeah, because I mean, if like Vega was saying, all the standard cards that are expensive are playable in other formats. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, a standard deck, and then change twelve cards and play Pioneer, and then change twelve more and play Modern. Maybe that was done intentionally. Uh, look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but Magic cards, like every card, commons, uncommons, everything, just has a fucking wall of text on it now, and people are saying that that is what is going to be, like the end of Magic, when every card is like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Where it has like a twenty-page cited essay in the text box, like with I, I don't know. I, I think that's definitely going to be a problem moving forward because they have two options now. They keep power creeping cards and giving them massive paragraph text boxes, or they slow down really hard and kind of just start taking it slowly. But the thing is, if they do that, like. The set's gonna suck. Nobody's gonna want it. So then, the same old cards that they've branded recently are gonna be like what's most most played. 
So they need to find a way to either dial it down or slow down the power creep or something. But people are saying that's going to yeah. be like the downfall of magic. You can't like you can't really slow it down when your set doesn't your sets don't rotate for a year. Like, they need to just yeah. make it rotate every six months and then just have the best creature be Thorn Elemental in every set. That'd be sick. Okay. That'd I'd be, be fine with every that. Set, a 7-7 seven, seven for 7 that doesn't get blocked. I'd be fine with yeah, that. Yeah, because you'd go back to the days of casting 3-mana hard counter spells. Like, that's what you would go back to. I don't... Like, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah, I don't see an issue with awesome. that. was awesome. No, I do. Dissolve. Yeah, it no. looks. Uh-uh. No. It's like dude, standard, dude. No, I feel like those formats were way more skill intensive than now because now it's just who curves out better and who has the better like Yeah, of course. I, I'm not saying that it doesn't take any skill to win now. You still have to think about your plays and, and be efficient and you'll definitely get percentage points just being better than your opponent. But sometimes they're just these curves that you just cannot beat. Like doesn't matter how good you are. Like if you're, I don't think that's like a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It just it feels worse. Like like back in the siege rhino days, like you know, like you like genuinely like each match felt like. I could be wrong. That could be when I first because that's when I first started. That's when I first started. Excuse me. You used to curve out way way too good with that deck. Not you specifically. Yeah, that's, a bad that, that's a very bad example. You used to go turn that, one that Balsies, turn two Karyatid, turn three Siege Rhino. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just yeah, saying, and then, like, even in Just Got Black Days, dude, just like turn one, kill your guy, turn two Jace, turn three, uh, I don't know, Magic Card, well, turn four, you guys command, you just like. Maybe that's, maybe it's because I, that's when I started playing around that era. So for me, it was like. Maybe it's because I was just learning the game. The games felt a lot more rewarding than they do now. So yeah, maybe probably. maybe that could be it. That could be it. Maybe it's just like, wow, I really won that game because I really thought about this, this, and this. And well, you still do that. You just I mean that don't... still happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You still do that. I just think that now it's just something that you're more used to. That, you've been playing that's the game fair. for so long. So that's like, fair. In your mind, you're like already you already know that like what to do. Whereas before, you were kind of learning. You know? That's true. That's fair. So I think that the nutty curve, like where there's the unbeatable curves, is just a standard thing as a format because it's always been there, but that it never really happens in any other format. That, that, that's what I'm referring to. I'm referring uh, to standard pioneer too, I guess. Right. That's what I'm saying. But it's not just like a time. It's not like a block, a meta thing. It's just all standard formats have been like that because the card pools are so small. Whenever you just do the thing your deck does. If the other deck doesn't do their thing too, you just usually run over them. But like in modern legacy, all these other formats, there's just so many answers to things that exist because of the accumulation of all the other sets and years. Just really helps out, lets you interrupt whatever. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So, do you guys have any meta predictions for uh, the San Diego RC? Uh. Personally, I don't think the attractive decks are going to be as popular as everyone else thinks. Or as everyone's been saying. It's like, you know, because it's just, oh, it's the best deck. I don't think it's the best deck. I think it just does the most powerful stuff. But I think it's kind of, there's a lot of neat ways you can kind of interact with it. Especially if they're just going for the Gix thing. Yeah. You can actually kind of get them sometimes with just proliferating it. They just like play it to tutor. You just take it to three and make them target something in the graveyard right now. 
you don't give them the extra turn. Or like they play it and then they go, you know, I'll activate the blood token. You just respond and what's the the anticipate that proliferates? Experimental augury. Experimental augury. Just take it up. Yeah. See, uh, like I think that Grixis is going to be a lot, probably the most represented deck. Another card I want to mention: Graveyard Trespasser. Like, if you're on that card, your opponent has to know you're on that card, and they need to pitch it like the turn they're going to go off. So, for sure, it's a great idea. So, what were you saying about Grixis? I think it's the best deck right now. Like, I think that if you were to pick any deck for this event, Grixis is the best one. Oh. Uh. I don't think it's the deck that's going to win, however. I think the deck that's going to win is going to be the green-white poison, uh, the green-white okay, toxic you're, deck. You're wait, 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 hear me out. The green-white toxic deck, playing black, right? You play black for all the good sideboard cards, because there's a lot of good sideboard cards nowadays in black. Especially since you're on toxic, you can play, like, uh, Anoint, the exile target creature if they have three poison. Because they're always going to have three poison, just gets to kill children. You can play, uh, or kill the tractor too. And you play like one Necrogen Rot Priest in the main just because it works so well with the double strike guy. The double strike guy. If you like scrub the double strike guy with the Rot Priest in play, that's six poison. Unblocked. But yeah, that's, that's kind of disgusting. And you can just do that on turn four. I, 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 think, I think the deck definitely has legs. I think, I agree with you. I think there's probably some build of. Abzan poison that probably puts in work, especially when you get access to duress in the sideboard and stuff for like the heavy removal like matchups. I don't know how good it is against Grixis. That's the main deck that concerns me playing green white. It's just Grixis. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I think the mana base is awful, uh, and yeah, I, I don't. I I I would I would err on the side that green white would probably be good. Um, because it can get out fast enough, but, like, adding a third color might just be, like, not, like, might just be pointless. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Like, I haven't tested the deck. I can't say, like, oh, yeah, this is crazy good. But I think it's, yeah, it's possibly worth testing. Well, it's really not not that hard to play the third color, because you get four speed core, which tap for any colors of mana for all of your creatures. Myrex, too. Yeah, and you can play more. You can play like a. You can play four Mirix. I saw a list playing four earlier. They were only green white, but I mean, it's all tapped for any color. Turn you play it, so you can just hold on to it until you need your black source. And you can play the pain lands for the black sources or the the black. Yeah, land war race is standard, right? I believe. Nope. Or is no, it is the only it? the ally ones? Yeah. So sad. Never mind. It's only the ally ones. Scratch the that. All right, no, that's the ally, right? Caves is legal. Uh, Caves is legal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, no. Yeah, Caves, no. Caves, I'm, I'm just capping. Caves, Caves is can be legal. Caves I'm is shocked. not legal. Caves is standard. It's an enemy color. No, Caves is, is standard legal. I'm so confused right now. I'm I'm looking it up. Hold on. Now y'all got me confused. Because it got reprinted in Brothers War, right? Oh, wait. Yeah, they got printed in Brothers War, yeah. It's Adakar Ways, Caves of Boilos, Carplusion Forest, Shivan Reef, Sulphur Springs, and Yavamaya Coast. Yeah, yeah, I knew Caves was But only those. 
There's only yeah. six of them. Exactly. But caves is um, included. That's true. Um, but yeah, Weird. I mean, I guess my my thoughts on the uh, metagame for the RC would, like, I would err on the side with him, um, with Grixis being the number one representative deck. Um, I mean, just looking at the challenge results for the last two weekends, uh, the Saturday challenge, 28% of the field was Grixis. The Sunday challenge, 31% of the field was Grixis. So, like, that's a, that's a large chunk of people. Um, and that's top 32, so there might be more players, but, I mean, that's only the top 32 decks, which is crazy. Um, but, I mean, Grixis being a third of the, both of those fields is wild. Yeah, like, that, is, that is a very large number. The one thing oh. that, I, that I think might deter people from playing Grixis at the RC is the fact that you'll be playing in so many mirror matches. Yes, that's probably so, like, why I'm not For 10 Grixis. hours. Yeah, like, it, it'd just be really... I, I just think it'd be very... Unless you just love that type of magic, like love that type of play, then I completely understand. Go for it. But um, me personally, I would not want to just sit there and play Grixis Mirrors all day. Me either. That sounds miserable. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, I just... I think that there's going to be a lot of attractive decks, a lot of Grixis decks, and there's also going to be a decent amount of Mono Red. Okay, so with that being said, yeah. do you... How would you attack that meta? How would you guys, like, let's say top five decks is Grixis Midrange, Red Black Atraxa, a straight just five color Kami War Atraxa, um, Mono Red, and I guess Soldiers. Mono Blue. Or Mono Blue. How, how would you guys Mono attack that, that meta? Like, what deck would you take in there? Uh... I mean, I personally would probably go with, like, a Soldier's deck. Like, okay. I think the Soldier's deck's super good. Um, I mean, it's 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 very good. When it curves out, it's great. It reminds me a lot of Pioneer Modern Mono White. Uh, Pioneer Mono White. It's, like, a super... If you just hit the nut curve in it, it's, like, super good. Um, and a lot of people can't beat it. Um, it also has a late game, which a lot of those, like, aggro decks don't. Um, it's, like, Siege Veteran and stuff like that, so... Um, I would probably play Soldiers. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about playing for the RC. So we will see how that goes. I, I, I'm not, now we got Cameron. We got Cameron here in the spot. But like, talk. Let, can we talk about that blue red? Or is it Jeskai? Was it Jeskai the other day? Jeskai Mind Splice. Yeah, Jeskai Mind Splice. Dude, I was about. I was waiting for you to get done to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that deck is super good. I think it just has a very good. Attracts a matchup. Uh, if the Jeskai list is that I'm playing has five sweepers in the main as well, seven sweepers in the main, with being three of the Anger of the Gods effect uh, Brotherhood's end. Yep. Uh, two burn down the house and two white sun zenith. So I've only lost to Agar with it once playing on ladder. I think I'm six and two with it right now. I lost to Agar once, I beat it twice. Uh, I'm 0 and 1 against Grixis, but. Game two, he went duress, duress, uh, syncopate my spell, dissipate, dissipate, uh, to sample stroke, and I just died. That was it. He just countered everything I did and just killed me with a bank buster. 
Damn, that's kind of crazy that Syncope got you. They usually don't even play that. That dude was fiending. His list was wild. He was playing uh, the red-blue copy of spell thing as well. Galvanic iteration. What the? Yeah, dude. That sounds like just straight Grixis control then. Damn. Dude, he beat my ass. It wasn't even close. He 2-0'd me super hard. Uh, So I'd be kind of scared for the Grixis matchup. But, I mean, it might also just have been me playing it wrong because that was, like, my second game. But the deck seems really good. It just seems like it outvalues a lot of the decks even without Mind's Plays. And it just kind of stomps down control. We test that deck a lot more. Like, I would like to test it on Moto. We could get our boy Brandon Scott Tanner's arena account and test it all night long if you want to. Uh, That is true. And we also have my account. I own yeah. one splice. You just run it through the ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm down I'm down to test it more, but um yeah, I mean I, I think the, the meta is gonna be a lot of Grixis, a lot of mono red, and I think that a lot of the well known players will probably be playing like a Traxa or um or like Grixis or like Ra- like Rakdos, Atraxa, something like that. I do wanna bring this up. Um, Because I did just notice it. So, I've heard a lot of, oh, Mono White's really good against these mid-range decks, you know, Grixis, etc. But the standard challenge on the 26th, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That was Sunday. There is not a single copy of Mono White in the top 32. And then on the 25th, there were only four copies. One of them did get fourth placed, but the rest were below 20th place. So, do you guys think Mono White could be a good contender? Or do you think, like, the meta shifting too hard for Mono White to be able to keep up? Or do you think it was just a bad weekend for Mono White? I definitely think Mono White's still there. The deck's super solid. It just kind of plays all the... It just plays a lot of good cards. And you know, just like we were talking about earlier, if it just curves out, I mean, you're probably not beating it. Just go like the the two drop on two, and then wedding announcement into like wandering emperor, into like depopulate into the bigger wanderer, the bigger emperor. Uh, I definitely think it's still super good. I think it's really good against the Grixis mid-range deck, which I think it would some makes it. Uh, I just favorite. think the wedding announcement's just a really good. Like I think that's one driving factor that makes the deck really good. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to necessarily say that the shell as a whole is good, but Wedding Announcement as a card makes that deck so much better. Like, take Wedding Announcement out of the Modern Midrange deck, and the Modern Midrange deck probably sucks. Like, it probably is not that great. So I, I agree. I think Wedding Announcement carries hard. I don't think I've lost a single... I mean, I'm probably exaggerating. But a game where I go Wedding Announcement into Wedding Announcement, <laughs> like... Good luck, yeah. opponent. Like, Brutal. Sure, yeah. wipe my board. Crazy. Every creature I play is now huge. Like, so my Emperor tokens the, are massive. On the same note about there not being much mono white, there's also not much Atraxa. The only, there's only three copies of Atraxa on Saturday and one on Sunday. Granted, the one on Sunday did win. There's only one of them there. So, I mean, in the top 32 of both of these events. And that's, like, yeah. the most powerful deck, right? 
So like if it's showing so little as well as mono white, it just mean they probably just got got, you know. Yeah. Well, I think the one other thing too is like um I think a lot of these decks are just starting to play a lot of unlicensers. Their card just deals with the tracks every time. That's like, true. And that's that's can, one thing that like sure they can hard cast it, but they need to work hard to hard cast it. Like they need to activate a reckoning bank buster four times or they have to make sure that one of their goblin tokens sticks so they can start attacking, getting treasure tokens. And then they have to get to that late game and be in a okay position to be able to cast Atroxa and not die to a removal spell. Because, I mean, when I've, when I've been playing Mono White these past few days, like, they're like, sure, they hard cast Atroxa and then I just bounce it with the Emperor or just lay down arms, like, or ossification. Like, sure, you drew six cards, but now you're dead to literally my board state. And it's like, yeah. and that's something else I want to talk about. I, like, on the whole wedding announcement thing, like, having two flipped wedding announcements and then being able to white suns for six, you're winning that game, like, 90% of the time. Like, yeah, I don't even so think you need wedding announcements. Yeah, that, I, I mean, that's also true, yeah. white suns for six, you're probably winning the game. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's that card's so good too. So I, I think white suns being printed definitely push the deck a little bit further. And seven mana white towards suspend to win the game. It's so good, man. It's so good. Suspend to win the game. <laughs> that's funny. So now that we're on the topic, well, you know, well, deck choices for RC San Diego. Well, what are y'all feeling like as of now? What are you guys thinking you're going to I'm be not going to reveal my secrets yet, okay? You just I've said got soldiers. Some bruise. <laughs> no, no, no. You said how do I attack that meta? I said soldiers. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah. You get no, no, Rex, no. That's son. cap. You said, you said that's probably what I'm going to play at the RC. No, I said I'm leaning towards that. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I got, some, I, got some, I got some blue. I got some blue in me. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I've got, <laughs> I've got some bruise in the works that, uh, that I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, I've been playing with some other people, uh, like uh, talking with some other people about it. Uh, so, oh, sure, keeping us out of the loop now, huh? Uh, on this juice. one, yeah. Why? On this one, yeah. What? Uh, on this one, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get revealed to it before. Like, it'll be like within the next week or so. But next week, bro. This, we got some. This is about a month away. We got some. We got some hardcore people uh, testing this deck. Okay. Like. Give GP us winners. Hint. Give us a hint. Oh, GP Michael winners. Malone. Give him no, give no, him a red blue Delver dog. Give him a little <laughs> bit of it. salt. That's it. It's red blue Delver. We got GP. We got season of four MPL players working on this deck. What is it? Give us so, okay. Don't tell us what it is, but tell us one I card. Can't. In it. Tell us one card in it. I can't. One card in it. I'll tell Basic you one forest. card. In it? One card in it. Just a little flavor. Something spicy. Just mwah. pepper us up. I'll tell you that Fable the Mirror Breaker's in the deck, but I'm not gonna tell you anything else. Give a sweet card. It's an attractor deck. I can't. No, I can't. It's okay though. Well, it'll be revealed in time. Don't worry. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Monsters. So it's either it's either going to be the brew or it's going to be um it's going to be like mono blue or blue eyed soldiers. That's probably my three my three options. I'm not gonna not gonna try and like learn Grixis forward and backward by the tournament start. Me I'd either. Not. Um, I really don't want to play mono red. I think the deck. It, 
is a coin flip a lot of the time. You also you draw just, well, you do well. If you don't draw well, you just get crapped on the whole day. Not even like, that. You just don't beat Shieldred, like, ever. Yeah, like, it's almost impossible. Like, um, there's not any burn spells, burn spells, like there used to be. Like, I think Lightning Strike's in standard, but, like... That's a play with fire. Than, yeah, play with fire and Lightning Strike. So, you technically have Shock and Bolt. <laughs> I mean, Lightning Strike, sorry. Don't say Bolt. It's not Bolt. Um, but, I mean... Yeah, so I'm 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 probably in the in the realm of those like two three decks. Um, yeah, mono blue, blue white soldiers, or or um, the the Brewski. Yeah, I narrowed, I've narrowed it down to three decks as well. One of mine, probably the least likely one, is uh, mono blue, but only because of its price. If I just don't think these electric decks are good, I'll just order the deck for like fifty dollars or whatever it is. Uh, and I want to do some more testing with the Jeskai Mind Splice deck. I think it definitely, I think it's good against the good decks. So that's why I kind of want to play it. Uh, it's also super fun. That's a, that's a big plus is playing something for 10 hours that I enjoy. Uh, but the deck that's most likely the option, because I'm pretty sure it's just really good. It's really consistent. Uh, and it's fairly cheap since I own all the expensive cards already from Modern is green-white toxic. Because all the expensive cards are, are like, unlicensed hers, besides you. Uh, Veterinated rock. Sorry about that noise. Playtesting over there? No, I was flicking a cap. <laughs> I thought you were flicking cards. Uh, so, if you can't tell, uh, guys, I'm congested. So, I've got this thing of Tiger Balm right here. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this when you're congested, but... If you guys uh, you put that in your eyeballs, Tiger Balm, it's so good. No, but are you gonna, are you gonna it put it on your you eyeballs? Up. No, absolutely not. Don't do people I... do that? Don't people get high off of like Vicks or what is it, the honey bee wax, like lip balm shit? They put it on their eyelids. Wow, I don't, I don't understand know. how you have to have a godly amount of whatever that is. I'm telling you, man. They put they put Vicks. They put Vicks on their eyelids and it <laughs> simulates caffeine. It's it wakes you up. What? It doesn't get you hooked on. Hell yeah, it wakes yeah. you the fuck up super fast. I'm telling wow, you. Wow, I'm older than both of y'all and I didn't even know this existed. Bro, yeah. when he's uh, about to go it, get the Vicks, he's about to be like it's This is like shit, stronger Vicks. That's what this is. Put it on this your like eyelids. Tell us, tell us how, do it. See how I it do it for the pod, dude. The fuck? Absolutely not. Do it for the yeah. pod. Supposedly it just wakes you up like you just yeah, I can imagine. I but put icy hot on your eyeballs. It hurt too. Hey, that testing. probably works too. We're probably going to need to do that for the 10 round RC. Put some bleach in there too. <laughs> I'm about to just get the Vicks out and be like, all right, let's go. That's performance enhancing drugs. Yes. You got to knock it off. Yes. Dude. I'm just going to get a bunch of Adderall. So uh, that's also illegal. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, okay. I'm glad we're on this topic. I have heard the grapevine a lot of higher magic players twitter no no twitter. no 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 like in real life events like, like real life events where they're like yeah if you don't take performance enhancing drugs you're leaving equity on the table what do you guys think about that i don't I mean, think it's a topic we can talk on the pod this is definitely a topic we could talk about on the pod the fuck? Uh, I don't know. Why not? This is this is this is fair. Right no, it's not. I, this is evidence. I'm not telling you to tell me. I'm kidding. If you've done That's it, fair. I want you to touch tell you. me what's your. We, we'll just we'll this. just touch on the topic. I was there in the car with Vega for this exact conversation he's referencing. 
Uh, Don't name it. Drop. Is leaving equity on the table, but only for the fact of they can't drug test eight hundred people. So there's going to be people on them, whether it's legal or not. You know. Yeah. Like for I'm sure. not saying you should do it, but like in theory, if you were to do it. It is just free equity, considering there's really no downside unless you just are fucking tweaking. Yeah, like I mean, we all I, we've all seen those people at the tournaments too. The, the, you know, gone over there. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Um, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's probably it's probably better to do that. It's probably yeah. I mean. Equity on the table for sure. I mean, why? If there's no rule, it, there's no actual rule against it. I mean, I know that in competitive esports there is. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, they, like they. I had, a, I had a friend of mine get banned from competitive Counter Strike for <laughs> using Adderall in a tournament. So like, uh, when we were we were like in Fragadelphia or Fragadelphia in, in Philadelphia, and he like got he literally got banned for it because they saw him pull the bottle out of his pocket and take Adderall. But Jesus. <laughs> but like. Yeah, so I mean, Loose. but but I mean, like I mean, yeah. If 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 there's no like legitimate rule against it, and there's no like way for you know judges to be like, oh, unless they're like absolutely tweaking, like scratching their neck or like whatever, being belligerent. Um, yeah, being absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fine. I don't I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. So, do you think moving forward? The bigger magic gets. Do you think they should implement a rule against that? I don't think they can. Yeah, I mean, they can say don't do it, but the only way that they're actually going to do anything about it is if you show signs of it. Yeah, correct. And then still, they have no way to prove it. Like all, right? I mean, they might be like, yeah, well, you know, we think you're doing this, so we're going to take the proper action to curb it. But then you're just like, um. No, like you just wipe your nose and you're like, I've never done coke in my life. They're not gonna, they're not gonna like, they're not gonna like take you to court over it. Like, yeah, I highly doubt that. So that's fair. But you're also, I'll say this: I I know that I have, I know people that have literally been doing this for years. So what you were saying earlier about like we don't have to name drop something like that, I completely get that. I know people that literally bring bags of cocaine to tournaments, large tournaments, and they will go in the bathroom between rounds, hit hit a little hit a little bit, and then be ready for the next round. Like that's just what people do. And you know, if that's what helps them there, that's what you know helps them place well or focus more or whatever. Like I don't care. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, I'm not gonna cook somebody and like you know, oh no that's cheating or whatever because at the end of the day you, I mean it's not going to give them this overwhelming magic knowledge like it, it, you can't compare it to like normal sports where taking steroids will make you a better athlete while in magic it's more of like a uh, this will help me focus more I'll pay attention more. And I think that's the only real benefit you get from it. And if anything, I think it's more risk than anything else. Because not only are you traveling with that to a big event, you're risking getting pulled over with it. You are, you're like, you're risking getting sick or having a negative reaction to it and it throwing you off completely. Like, 
Hey, there's... I think you're all talking about. I think you're all talking about yourself because not me. The majority of the population does like the majority of the population won't do it unless they already know that it's fine. Like, well, I've never tried it, so that's why I can't. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying speaking personally. Yeah. You, know. um, yeah, you should totally not try it at your house before a big event. You know what I'm saying? Definitely should not. <laughs> no, I mean, and and you refer to big events as like GPS and like yeah. stuff like that, that that people are actually traveling, traveling for. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the issue of getting pulled over with it and stuff like that is that big of an issue. Like, if they don't have probable cause, they're not going to search your car. But, you know. It's still a risk. It is what it is. Sure, but, like, it's a very very minuscule risk in the long run. Like, all you have to do is just mind your P's and Q's, be a normal human being and citizen, and you're good. Yes, that's fair. But, yeah, I I, I don't have a problem with it. If if you want to do that for a large tournament and you think it helps you, by all means, go for it. Reminds me of the the guy that won a big event on mushrooms. That was a really interesting read. I don't know if you guys have read that, but I, I highly recommend. Don't know. It. Yeah. Yeah, you have to send it to me afterwards. Yeah, he talks about his experiences and how the magic games felt while he was on the shrooms, and it was it, it was pretty interesting to read. I bet it was like playing arena. Somebody plays a planeswalker and it stands up off the card. It's an animation. <laughs> He said mushrooms, not acid. <laughs> Plays Angrap. No fire, no steam. <laughs> Chains just come at you. It's like, whoa, dude, it's 3D. Well, and um, I guess uh, let's yeah. go ahead and move in to our final topic of the night. Bad habits to kick in preparation for big events. What do you guys think of some bad habits to kick? Drugs. Don't do drugs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do um, performance-enhancing drugs. Yes. That's a bad habit. By the way, no. I do want to clarify. Leave them we for do us. not... What is that called? We don't... Uh, condone. We don't condone the use of PEDs or anything like that. Just, just throwing that out there, you know. Do you? We don't want to know. And we're also not going to try to get people to kind of see that light of magic and, you know, but just stay out of it. Yeah. Do you? Stay in your lane. We'll stay out of it, yeah. No, it's teach their own. That's the best way to put it. Exactly. Not my monkey, yeah. not my circus. That's <laughs> also fair. Yeah, it's also fair. Um, no, but I mean, bad habits to kick. I think staying up super late is one bad habit to kick before a tournament. I know, obviously, at tournaments and like when you go to large events, you're going to be hanging out with all your friends, staying in hotel rooms, staying up late, practicing, stuff like that. Um, I also think that you should go to bed at an appropriate time based off of how your sleep schedule works. Um, I don't think that there is a, um, there is a situation where, like, there's, like, a bunch of terrible habits, I guess, but, um, for me, I think it's just, like, getting proper sleep, making sure your body is fed, um, like, right now, I'm only eating one meal a day, which is really bad. Um, but come tournament time, I need to, um, I need to obviously, um, you know, fix that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think there's a lot of bad habits that you can kick. Um, one, one, uh, sorry, I'm like kind of rabbit trailing, but one really bad habit is autopiloting. I think it's like getting in that mode of like thinking, you know, um, like more than you actually do. Um, but yeah, what about y'all? 
Uh, I kind of interpreted the question as bad habits of play rather than bad habits. It can of be any. It's a very life. broad term. You can go off. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say, don't uh, get out of the habit of just playing cards. Like I think that's something a lot of people uh, nowadays just kind of do is they just like, oh, I have four mana and a four mana spell. I need to cast it. I think yeah. that that's something a lot of people do now that they need to dial back a little bit. Or just like countering yeah. the first available spell. Like your opponent just like cast rampant growth. So you just spell pierce it. I mean, like that's probably good, but don't. That's a bad example. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> No, so like basically what I said, not going into autopilot mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You All explained right, it better than I did. You explained it better than I did, so it makes so sense. like don't fall for um, the for the this card is uh, counter spell bait. You know, like yeah, they like cast when they have one, six cards in hand and they play a one. And they're just like, spell. I'll cast this draw spell. Yeah, like end of your turn, I'll cast thrill. I'll draw three cards and discard two with nine cards in hand already, and they're just like. I have to counter that. It's a three mana spell. Nah, nah yeah. dude. It's gonna on top and kill you. Yeah, so basically think of your plays and stuff. I, I think another thing too that I always often do is like knowing that I look at deck lists all the time, like whether it be on Goldfish, MTG Top Eight, whatever, I always try and compare online to paper and it doesn't translate at all. And so I've been trying to tell myself that more when I play against people on paper um, in larger tournaments. It's just uh, it's hard to kind of break that habit. So that's another thing that I've been trying to do. Yeah, like I think we have to keep in mind if we're playing on Arena that Arena actually disincentivizes. What? How do you say that word? I'm having a, a brain fart. But it, it basically deters people from being innovative and actually brewing and building like the actual decks that they want to play because the wild card system is so punishing like yeah i can't build this deck because i don't want to build this one card that only sees play in this one deck like they're realistically it's like oh i'm missing two cards for this deck i'll just throw some random cards in there sounds like actual standard <laughs> yeah, I think that goes back to the topic that B Money was, or back to what B Money was saying earlier about how everything in the format's different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I get, it. yeah, like, I agree that playing online and then playing in paper is two different beasts. I think, yeah, yeah, it's like it's just night and day. Um, I guess yeah. my bad habit to kick would be mulliganing. Uh. I've tried to get better about huh? that recently. Yeah, big time. Mulliganing in standard is kind of broken. I'm not going to cap. Oh, you're saying that you need to mulligan more? Yes. Yes. Like. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like breaking the habit of actually mulliganing. Or just like no, no. Like you should mulligan. I was more. like, wait, what? You should mulligan more. Like sometimes I get these. Like a couple weeks ago, I was playing, and if I saw a hand that had like three lands and two Reckoning or Bank Busters, and, like, you know, it's just a very slow hand. I was like, well, this card has... The hand sounds like a snap. I don't, I don't know, man. You're not doing I'm anything kidding. on turn I'm two. I'm kidding. I don't know. I, I don't know what they are doing. So it, I'm just going off of, like, Mono White or Grixis, you know, just... 
Yeah, this hand kind of, it's a little bit slow, but I have spells I can cast I'll keep. And I've been winning saying a lot don't more... don't get baited? What? Are you just saying don't get baited? Yeah, basically. Like, think about like, okay, well, am I being proactive at any point in this game early on? Like, do I have a decent enough curve where I can actually try to one for one with my opponent or at least get an advantage of my opponent? And I, yeah, that's like more like strategy instead of like habits, right? Like, I guess I think I, I don't know. I guess the I, what I interpreted when you said habits, I was just like assuming things for like how to like bad things that you could normally normally do that you should not do in prep for a large tournament. Oh well, you definitely should. Also, no, that was overthinking that's bad. Gotcha. Well, I guess I think some people overthink too much. I, I think so too. I think just mulligan more. If you're not sure about the hand and it seems very slow and just bad, like just mulligan it. Like, uh, I've, that's just something I've been practicing myself. And I guess another bad habit would be, hmm, it's another really bad habit. Vaping. Oh, yeah, definitely. Can't relate. No, that's a big one. It's actually, like, I've been trying to cut on vaping. I only, I don't try to vape as much. I'm trying to slow down a bit. Because, dude, playing at these events for long hours and, like, you're sitting in the middle of a match... And you're like, man, I could go for a vape right now, or I could go for a smoke. It's like, it takes you away from the game, man. It really does. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, if you're thinking about anything other than the game, it's it's bringing you down a lot. Like nicotine. Yeah, like, that's a, <laughs> uh, dude, nicotine will, yeah, no, man, that, that, it's terrible for you, but it makes you feel so good. It's kind of sad. Performance man. enhancing drug. Yeah. It's like mm. I've seen. Uh, speaking of, that, I've I've seen people carry around like liquor bottles in their bags. That I have seen that too. And they'll just be like, they'll just be like drinking. Like, I've seen that too. Going after it. Yeah. They'll be like round seven, and this dude's like Blitz. one or two more shots from being absolutely nailed, and you're just like, well, if he makes it to round nine, I'll be impressed. Like. And then he makes day two, and, like, you don't. You're just like, Yeah, no, they're like, man, this drunk guy <laughs> killed me in this tournament. No, but, yeah, yeah definitely no. vaping. Um, and uh, I think kind of staying hydrated throughout the tournament and eating healthier snacks is a big thing. So, like, nuts. Yeah, but, yeah I got you. Okay. For sure. Do you have any habits that you have at home that you don't want to do when you're at a tournament? What do you mean by that? Like... Like, for instance, I don't go to bed until, like, 2 o'clock every day, and I wake up at, like, 8. So, like, I only get six hours of sleep on average. Oh, yeah, sleep's like, another big one. Every day. Sleep's another big yeah, one. Yeah, like, yeah, that's all I was saying earlier. Like, um, yeah, like me, for, for instance, like, my sleep schedule is awful. Um, but when it comes to big tournaments, I try and adjust my schedule to be like that. Um, when I really, truly care about the tournament, if I'm going to just, like, vibe and, like, hang out with the boys – you know, I really don't care. Like, when we went to DreamHack in Atlanta, like, I didn't take that tournament too seriously. I just wanted to hang out with everybody and, like, you know, drink and have a good time and stuff like that. Um, but the San Diego one, I do plan on taking a little bit more serious. So, For sure. Um, I do plan on going to sleep at a decent time, getting some good sleep, making sure I eat breakfast for the tournament, all that stuff like that. Um, I'll bring some Special K. We can have a nice bowl of Special K in the morning. I can't eat special K, but uh, okay, wow. sounds good. I'm on keto, dog. You won't be in a month, dog. 
Yes, I will. Dude, that's Cap. I'm not, I'm not, it's not Cap. I'm having a cheat weekend. You can too. I'm not cheating. I'm sorry. I hate it for you. Man. Yeah, no, it sucks, right? I mean, it really sucks for me, so. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, guys, I'm very yeah, excited to... for, uh, for the RC in San Diego. Go ahead, Cameron. What are you saying? Oh, I was just going to say my sleep schedule is the worst possible. Mine is uh, too. Last night, the last two days, I went to bed at 4 and woke up at 11.30. Oh, God. Jeez. See, that's brutal. I can't do perks, that the night before a magic are, event. Perks of a magic store owner, you. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, man, I woke up and I did schoolwork for four hours and then went and worked for seven. Wow. That must be nice. Dude, it was, it's rough. Now we're here. <laughs> I'm on my performance enhancing drugs doing a podcast. <laughs> what are you on the vape? That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got to call it, man. You got to slow down a bit too. We got to quit together. All right. So do any of you have any season three RCQs this weekend? Zilch. Uh, not for us. Not a oh, brutal. Oh, lame. you have a pioneer one, right? I do. Let's go. I do. I do have a pioneer one. So I guess we can uh, transition into our end of end of the podcast talk of uh, RCQ this weekend. Yeah, what are you playing this weekend? All formats, all three formats. What are you guys playing? Let's go, Vega. What do we think? Standard. Red, black, atrocity. Yes. Straight jamming it. Okay. Modern. Okay. Yogmoth. Pioneer. Okay, okay. Uh, honestly, if I had access to it, red, black, I would just play red, black. Okay, okay. Cameron. All right, uh, all right, all right. Cameron. Mine in standard. In standard, I would probably just... Uh, honestly, I would play the mines, the Jeskai Mines play stack, but that's because... I could borrow the whole deck and I wouldn't have to pay anything for it. And I think the deck's good. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's good. That's good. Uh, stand, uh, for Pioneer, or for Modern, I would play uh, Yawgmoth as well. But that's because I actually play that deck. I'm like Vega, who just watches me play it. I've played it and once then, or twice. And, and in Pioneer, I would play Green-Black, a Sarah-Rat combo. Because that format's dog shit. <laughs> and it's the only deck that is fun at all. So. God. I'll just, you just crap on Pioneer that. constantly. God, I tell us how you really feel. love the format. Tell us how you really feel, Cameron. No, let's let's not get into that. <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> ass thirty minute tangent. <laughs> I would rather have Legacy back. Legacy's better. I know it's in the worst spot it's ever been in, but dude, I would love to play. What Legacy's in a great spot? You're capping. All right. Um, bro, lands kills you with Griffin Sanctuary. It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. What other format can you die to Griffin Sanctuary? Tell me right now. Fucking ninety four, ninety five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. Um. Yeah. So standard. Um. I would play blue white soldiers. Uh. I have standard RCQs. We get blue white soldiers. Um. For modern. Um. I would be in between playing Amulet or, um, yeah, probably Amulet, or I would want to play um, Scam. I think Red Black Scam is really good. 
I've wanted to play the deck a lot. Um, I don't have a ton of experience on it, but I have played it quite a bit. So, you know, I, I know the deck really well. I just know Titan way better. better. Played Titan for the past five years, basically. Second um, best Titan player I know. <laughs> oh, yeah? First one's you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Pioneer, I do have an RCQ this weekend. Um, and I will more than likely be playing Lotus Combo. Um, I'll probably be playing Lotus Field. I think the deck is really strong. I'm probably a better combo player than I am anything else. So me playing on a combo deck where I'm just gold fishing and playing, doing my own thing. That's kind of like my wheelhouse. It's where I like to be. It's my, it's my safe lane. It's my, it's my seatbelt in the, in the rain. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. I think that's where I'm going to be. The only other, the only other thing that I might consider playing is Grease Fang. Um, I'm going to bring both decks to the room and see uh, what I think will line up better. Um, You're based scouting. On what I think everybody else. Gasp. Does. Yeah. No, I'm um, kidding. I'm yeah, just... I'm going to scout. Um, so, so, yeah, so As for your deck list, are you playing the Fossil's Oracle in the main? I am not. I am not playing Thassa's Oracle in the main. Why not? Um, I don't like to play the deck in that style. Um, Because that deck also, I think, plays Pyrrhon Devis. Yeah. Um, I'm not playing Pyrrhon Devis. I think that the traditional combo is just just good. Um, And I think if you are above average at knowing the lines in the deck, then you don't have to try and be cute. It's the same way I've always been with Titan, too. Like, people have always tried to put random cards in Titan, and I'm just like, why are we doing this when we can just kill our opponent? Like, you know, why are we trying to be cute? Let's just do what the deck's supposed to do. 18 our opponent with two Titans. Like, fair. Fair enough. Are you going to play the lay- the white ley lines on the sideboard? I've noticed I some lists don't... have to play four on the board. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I asked you the other night, and you were like, that's, that card's trash. Don't play I it. I do think it's trash. I'm just wondering <laughs> if you're playing it, what you landed on. Uh, right now, I am not playing it. Um, my sideboard is, like, a few sweepers, um, a couple pitting needles. It's got three mystical disputes. Um, and I'm playing a couple creatures, which normally a lot of lists don't play all these. But I'm playing Sphinx of the Final Word. I'm playing Dromoka. Uh, Dragon Lord Dramoka, and I'm playing as a combo as well. So I've got a few, um, but that could also change by the time I actually reach the tournament on Saturday. So we'll see. I'm kind of a fan of both the different one of anti control deck cards because if you bring yeah. both in, they can only necromantial one of them. That's that is true. true. Too. Yeah, uh, I mean. All of them just say spells can't be countered. That's the only reason you're playing them. So, I mean, also just beat down your opponent, but. They are seven sevens. Yeah. Um, but also the good part is, is that they both can't be countered on cast, which is also like super good. So typically if you cast them the same turn, you can go off or, you know, if you're worried about that, that matchup. I can't um, believe that's a statement. The motherfuckers cost seven mana. Just, like, what? cast it and still go off in the same turn. Yeah, I mean, typically, if you're, like, floating a bunch of mana and you want to make sure your Genesis Ultimatum resolves and you just, like, have a bunch of, you know, have a few hidden strings left, then, you know, 
I know, it's just so crazy. I know, it's crazy to think about. You're right. I'll play my seven mana Vala Summer real quick. Yeah, yeah combo off here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be sweet if we still had Vale. Yeah. That, God. Or Underworld Breach. Oh, oh don't no, even say dude. that. We'll, take, take it back. You know what I would play if we had Underworld Breach? You know what I would play if we had Underworld Breach? Lotus Field. Nope. I'd play some type of Jeskai Ascendancy combo. Oh, fair. Bro, you can play that There's, now? That's, that deck's huh? good as heck. It's not good. I think it's good. I think it's pretty you're, good. I think it's you're crazy. You're crazy. It is saucy, but it ain't good. It is sauce. Uh, it, I don't know yeah. how good it so, is anymore. Yep. Uh, I will be playing the RCQ uh, at in Columbia, Tennessee, baby. Awesome. Well, good luck, man. Hopefully you get that dub. Thank you, and thank you, thank you. You get qualified for Dallas, and then we'll be right there right behind you, and, you know, we'll squat up. Regardless if I cure or not, I'm, I'm yeah. going to Dallas. But I need to start playing more yeah, Dallas, yeah. man. I have to. So after this weekend, yeah, I'm so hard. haven't been playing at all. And, uh, we have one this next weekend, not this Saturday, but on the 11th. I will be there. I don't care where it is I'm going. Yeah, which I'm sure we'll Hattiesburg, talk about this week on the podcast. For sure. It's at top-tier board games in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ooh. Got to go to that one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely talk about it next week on the podcast. Most definitely. So do you guys have any sure. uh, any last topics before we go ahead and uh, close out this episode? Yes. What you got? Don't do drugs. Yes. It's our big message. Never. Don't do drugs. Dr- drugs are bad, okay? They're very bad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, make sure you, you know, drop a like. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Any recommendations. If you have any suggestions or need any input on anything, uh, make sure to hit us up on at Team Metamorph on Twitter. Um, and again, thank you, Cameron and B Money, for joining us for this week's episode. You guys were awesome. Go check out their Twitters. Oh, for sure. They're under as well, at Team Metamorph. Um, should be posted on the header. So go, go drop them a follow, show them some love. And yeah, any closing thoughts, guys? No, I think we're good. I think we covered a lot today. It was dope. Dope. Well, sounds good. Hope you guys have an amazing night, and thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week on Episode 5 of the Completed Podcast. Bye, everyone. Peace. Adios.